All right. We are super excited about this second in a series on fighting discouragement. And, you know, John, I was thinking while we were talking in between, you know, it's accomplishment does not mean you're immune to discouragement because two of the most amazing heroes in the Bible, the greatest king, and in my opinion, one of the greatest prophets were both attacked with a huge onslaught of discouragement. King David and the prophet Elijah. And I, I love you to unpack this. You know, I, I'd love to talk about the greatest king first, David. I want to set up his life because right now I want you to think, if you're out there and you're really feeling discouraged, let's say you've really had a tough week, tough month, tough year. Let's just talk about this. David, at the age of 16, is anointed to be the next king of Israel. He's brought into the palace of Saul. He is now thinking, I'm going to be apprenticed by this, this king, and I'm going to take the throne. Saul makes him his armor Wait, bearer. wait can, before you even go further than that, you know, John, his dad didn't even call him in. I know. When the anointing, That's amazing. When, when Saul, That's when, amazing. you know, when, when uh, Samuel came to anoint the king, David didn't even like make the top. He didn't top make the this, cut. He didn't make the <laughs> call and cut. Did. I mean, he was like, leave him out there with the sheep. And so, I mean, yeah. I mean I'm not... I, I just, I mean, there's nothing that really for sure says that David might have been discouraged about the way his dad saw him, but... But yeah, but then when the prophet, the, the prophet of the nation then anoints you in front of your brothers and father and mother, you're like, wow. And then he's called in, he's a musician first to Saul, and then Saul sees, he, hey, he's, this kid's got an ability to fight. So he makes him his armor bearer. Then he's like... I'm going to give you my daughter, my oldest daughter, Michael, for your wife. David's like, man, everything's in place. God is moving me into the throne. Then all of a sudden, the women go, David's killed his thousand, Saul's no, ten no. thousand. Saul his thousand, David his yeah. ten thousand. That's what thousand. caused the problem. Yeah. If they had said the other thing, that wouldn't have been oh, a problem. Oh, it wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, I, I said it wrong. I was going too fast. So what happened was uh, he now, I want to think about this. He now has to live in the deserts, in the wildernesses for the next 12 years, or excuse me, 14 years of his life, okay? Now, he can't even go home and visit his family because if he does, he's going to be killed by Saul. He's got scouts everywhere. Or his family will be killed. Those priests that just gave him bread and, and Goliath's sword, they killed not only the priests, but their wife and their children, put the whole city to the sword. Right. So the king... So you'd feel like a plague. The leader that God has put you under now, because of him, for 14 years, you've lived in a desert. So we're not talking a couple months. We're talking 14 years. Now, he's all by himself at first, but then God brings all these guys out, right? And these guys... Who does he bring? The disgruntled, the in debt, the offended. All these guys come out. And David, being the man he was, he changed their personalities and they became some of the greatest men of renown of, of his Israel's nation. But I want you to think this through. He he finally, after 12 years, says, you know what, I'm gonna go dwell with the Philistines. And the Philistines go, man, we really like this guy, one of the leaders of the Philistines. But then one day they have to go to battle with Israel. Yeah. And the Philistine lords see David and his men coming to fight with them. And they go, oh, no way is he going to fight with us. He'll, his heart will turn when he sees his brethren being killed. So they rejected him. Sure. So here the people now he's been living with for two years reject him. So now he's coming back to Ziglag which is Ziglag, where he and his men were living that two years. When they get back, they found out some Amalekite raiders came in, took everything of value. So I want you to think about this. Everything you own, uh, robbers break into the house, they take everything of value to you, and then they kidnap your wife and children. Now, I can't imagine a more discouraging moment 
your wife has been kidnapped, your children have been kidnapped, and everything of value is gone, not only you, but your men. But then it just can't get any worse, you think, and it gets really worse. Because now we read in the Bible, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, it said, Now David was greatly distressed or discouraged, for the people, his own 400 men, spoke of stoning him. I... I just can't even fathom that. You have 400 people on the entire planet left that believe in you, and now they want to kill you. You talk about isolated. You talk about 14 years, and, and I mean, that, that's the place where most people go, I've had it. And, and the soul of the people was grieved, every man for his sons and daughters, but listen to what the Bible says. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Wait, how, how do you do that, John? If you are in such bad circumstances, how do you actually strengthen yourself? What what was he pulling up on? What was he what was he pulling up on? He didn't have a wife to pull up on. He didn't have kids. He didn't have possessions. What was he pulling up on? It says it in that verse. He strengthened himself in the Lord his God. Right. So he pulled up on God. He instead of instead yeah. of lurking into circumstances, he got his strength from God. And and I believe it was the word of God. I yeah. mean, Paul said to Timothy, by the prophecies that have gone before you, by them wage a good warfare. That's the personal promises that God has made to us. Whether a prophecy could be, well, I'm sitting there reading my Bible and God shares something with me, or somebody else comes and gives me a word from God. David probably started encouraging himself, starting out by saying, God, I remember. You sent the prophet to my house. He anointed me with oil. I remember. You've been faithful with me in the wilderness. You gave me bread when I had no bread. You gave me weapons when I had no weapons. You protected me from killing Nabal. And he started going through everything God had done. This is exactly in the last episode we talked about that Israel didn't do. Mm -hmm. God kept saying, I did this for you with Egypt. I mm -hmm. did that. I did mm -hmm. this. But then you forgot it all. Mm -hmm. You got discouraged. And you said, oh, God's brought us out here to kill, kill us. us. Yep. David doesn't do that. He keeps encouraging himself in the Lord. In the character of God. In the yeah. character of God. God is faithful. David probably... And, and you know, there's a psalm that David wrote that I really believe happened here. And, and, I, and I may not be wrong. A theologian may write in and correct me. But David said in Psalm 34 or 37, he said, and, and you got to understand, I didn't prepare for this. Um, he said, feed on his faithfulness. Yeah. And I remember a time period in my life, Lisa, where I was so discouraged that I was quoting the promises and they weren't feeding me. And all I could do is say, God, you're faithful. And that started And David was probably something. there. Oh, I he really He just was it. only encouraging himself. Because I, I think the the king anointing and everything, that probably wasn't, it wasn't in, in the front and center in his mind, but God's faithfulness, God's character, what we see of God displayed in all of creation, the wonder would have been what he could have encouraged himself in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, why don't you tell me about the the prophet, Elijah? Oh, Elijah. You like the prophet so much. You, you think know, he's one of the greatest prophets. Well, Isaiah is my favorite, but I will I will unpack Elijah if you want. Well, first of all, he, he looks like he had his best day ever. I mean, yeah. he's he's like, you know, calling down fire on all the prophets uh, or on of the Baal. Sacrifice, well, on yeah. the sacrifice, well, I mean, mm -hmm. he's like, hey, whoever's God answers by fire. Oh, yeah, booyah, my answer by fire. And then he's like, kill them all. Kill all the prophets of Baal. Right. So they kill right. them all. And and he, he should have been his best day ever. But word comes to him from Queen Jezebel. And she says something to the effect like, so what your life is going to be like one of theirs by tomorrow. And he freaks out, goes running and it is underneath, I believe a broom tree and he's crying and he's like, God, I am no better than my 
of my ancestors. He's extremely He's discouraged. Like, I, I he actually just want to die. I just want to die. I just want to die. There's nothing. There's nothing for me here. And an angel appears to him. You know, like t- wakes him up, gives him some. You know what you would call like a protein bar. Gives him some of that. He eats it, and then he goes back to sleep. And then he gets another one. And they're like, okay. The journey's too far for you. This is what you need to go and do. But he's like not even encouraged by an angel with a protein bar. He's not encouraged by anything. He's just so discouraged. And God has to tell him that he has 300 prophets hidden away that have not bowed their knee. So he says, you're not alone. You're not alone. And then when he takes them all the way there, you know, he's so discouraged. And he's in a cave and he's hiding and then God begins to speak to him by the still small voice. But I can tell you, you want to jump in. Well, he he confronted the king, this yeah. very wicked king. Yeah. He was very bold. He confronted the nation. Yes. Said, I don't hey, have my long, Bible open, so this how, is my paraphrase. How long how long are you going to be halted between two opinions, he yeah. says to the nation? Then he confronts all 850 of the false prophets. And then this one woman, now this tells me something right there. When she releases this statement, I'm yeah. going to kill you by this time yeah. tomorrow. Yep. There had to been a massive spirit of intimidation coming after him. And I and I, discouragement. I have learned that that is one of the fruits of intimidation is discouragement. And it's so interesting that it's that one woman. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't feeling that way when the king was saying, Oh, you're worthless, you're you're the troublemaker of Israel, and 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 really upset with him. He it was when that woman spoke. So it shows me sometimes discouragement. He killed all of her prophets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were all on her payroll. Mm-hmm. But sometimes that discouragement can come through a person saying something over us. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, that's why I think, folks, be careful be with social spirit. media. Oh, my gosh. Please. I mean, my goodness, I have seen people's days ruined because of what somebody you have never even met said on social media. But there and can be if a you, spirit attached to it. And so I would encourage and, people to... To not, you know, try to reason with it, but deal with it spiritually. You know, pray over it and bind right. it. Right, you got it. You got to bind it. But yeah. that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, and I just feel free to use ban and delete. Ban and feel delete. Feel free to go. use ban and delete but, but, on your Facebook. But anyway, page. Uh, to get back to Elijah, the thing is so interesting is that he was so discouraged, but he didn't do what David did. He did not encourage himself in the Lord. Um, that angel came and gave him the two protein bars. They were two cakes of manna and he ran 40 days and 40 nights. I mean, miraculously. Which right there, you should have been like, hey, this is a good sign. And then when he got there, God spoke to him twice and said, what are you doing here? Yeah. In other words, why why didn't you finish the job? You confronted the king, the nation, Mm -hmm. you confronted the false prophets. Why didn't you confront her? She's the ringleader of the Mm -hmm. whole thing. And then God said to him something that was amazing. He said, I want you to go and I want you to anoint Elisha as prophet in your place. Understood. In other words, I am replacing you. That, when God opened my eyes one day, I was reading the Bible, and I was reading this situation. I was studying it out, actually. Mm-hmm. And when I saw God said, I'm replacing you, I went, oh, my, because Elijah was m- one of my favorite prophets, okay? And he still is. But God literally said, okay, you gave up. You didn't encourage yourself in me. Mm-hmm. I got to get somebody who will finish this job because the job needs to get done. And it's not that, you know, Elisha, Elijah, excuse me, went to heaven on a chariot. I mean, that's a yeah. glorious way to go. So I don't want you sitting there thinking, oh, my gosh, I've been under discouragement for a month now. He's replacing and, and me. He's replacing me. Yeah, I was kind of wondering where you're going with that. God is going to get his job done. And the thing, I want you to think about it with me, the thing that is the, one of the greatest enemies to keep you from fulfilling what he's placed on your life is discouragement. That's why God says to Joshua, as we said in our last podcast, 
seven times. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be discouraged is what he was saying to him. Mm-hmm. That's why Paul says to Timothy, Timothy's fighting intimidation. He's fighting. He says, Timothy, be strong in the grace of God. Don't be ashamed. Don't be discouraged. Don't. And so let me tell you, the enemy does not want you to fulfill what God's put you on this earth to do. The mm-hmm. number one weapon he will use against you is discouragement. I don't want you to see, and this is this is the thing I want I want to close this program with today, babe, is I don't want people to see discouragement as a weakness. I want it, I want you to see it as an all-out enemy coming to steal what God has called you to do in this world. Mm-hmm. The impact that He's called you to have in your world of influence. You need to fight it. You need to be strong with it. And I'm going to tell you what I used to do, and this was dangerous. I used to ignore it. And I thought if I ignore yeah, it, it kept growing. It will go away. And what you ignore does not go away. What you conf- what you do not confront will not change. What you confront will change. So attack it with the promises of God. And on those things that are noble, think on those things. 